Oh, man. The stuff that happens... No, don't do it. The stuff that happens before we hit the record button. I mean, y'all... Well, that was actually was, after we hit the record button okay, on that well, one. This is... This is we we had some crickets joining us just a second ago. Which I don't know if that was foreshadowing or I hope not. I Sound hope effects not. can be hard, I Man, guess. Yeah. Pressing buttons. Man. Do not let anyone in the booth upstairs know that there's a cricket sound effect. <laughs> no, that would be. I'm going to tell a joke and that's all I cricket, cricket. <laughs> Whatever that. I can't make the fake noise. Um, I used to be able to. Actually, never mind. We're not we going to. We're not going to do that rabbit trail right now. Um. Oh my goodness. So, welcome to the in between. We're so glad that you joined us today. We have a lot to talk about, but before we start jumping in, I do need to ask a question for accountability. Oh goodness. Um, have you had any expensive meetings lately? Expensive meetings. You know what I'm talking about from no. Sunday sermon? You're talking about was, scheduling meetings was really important. Yes. Oh, yes, that one. Okay, good. Meetings. Yes. That was so good. Sure. I, it seems like I do all the time. Like I I had coffee with. For those of you that don't uh, know what we're talking about, uh, Chris referenced on um, on uh, Sunday that he had had this uh, meeting with these guys in town that just would have like getting all of these guys in the same room at the same time just would have been an incredibly expensive meeting. Um, yeah. Because of, uh, um, just to hire them the, as yeah consultants. to hire them as consultants just would have would have taken a lot of money and yeah. at the same time would have been even more expensive um but here he is getting to do this um uh because he's a pastor and yeah that's just these are men of god who un, unfathomable wanted. yeah so um, cool but you know being in awe of that and not being in awe of the fact that <laughs> yeah. we get to have a have a just a meet and greet with the godhead anytime yes. we want to is pretty expensive yeah it's problematic for sure that's a that's a blood cost it was it honestly i mean i don't don't know how much it showed in the first service but oh it showed in the first service i mean i i stopped talking because i was having to like okay myself with the level of conviction that kind of poured out on me in that moment that's good <clears throat> that was it was painful is what it was <laughs> was that the thing that you didn't intend to say but you not said at it all. anyway yeah. yes i so, had your notes out when i was looking through and i was like no yep, this isn't yeah, here this is not here <laughs> the notes have a significant break in yep. the amount of time he's spending on this it it the it, the whole thing i didn't intend to talk even the three the meeting yeah. of the three men it just struck me the idea of daniel getting to have a conversation with the people who showed up. But again, like Daniel, now in this case, in the case of that specific example, I had called them or sent them an email and said, Hey, could we, would you guys be willing to talk this through with me? Mm -hmm. And it was about the restructuring of the team, by the way, you know, you guys going to the executive, there being executive level and another level and talking through that. And it was, I mean, and it was gold. I mean, their input prayerful and wisdom was fantastic. This week I had one of those three men, text me early in the morning hey you got time for coffee today and mm. we just go wow i mean that's just a yeah it's it it is so cool and i i know i'm especially not celebrity celebrity doesn't mean as much to me if a famous person texts me he's like hey you want to hang out i'd be like eh, i got meetings but unless i really respected them but but people of expertise intelligence integrity people that you respect oh my gosh 
And I know that's partly because I grew up around. I thought you were going to say because it's so rare in all the other meetings you have. <laughs> Ooh, I'll burn. see you today at three Ooh. again, Chris. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> see you at three, Paul. We got a meeting right after this with some <laughs> schmucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep. Anyway, that was a uh, that was cool, and and yes, it has been a reminder to me that I need to not take for granted. Yep. The uh, the blood bought. Um, meeting time that we have. Yeah, it that's significant. That's huge. huge, huge. So yeah, make sure. Hey, if you haven't done it today, go ahead and pause us and mm-hmm. and go uh, go pray for a little bit. See if see if you can hear God's voice. Okay, jumping in. Yep. The history that we're going through right now um, with Daniel is, <laughs> to say the least, a little confusing. And there's a number of reasons for it. Number one, this this is history to us. It was not history to Daniel at the time, um, and he is prophesying. Um, and so we're we're listening to the prophecy, and we're seeing the ways that uh, God has fulfilled what He said already inside of that. And there there are some really neat things. I love the um, the story about the um, uh, vengeful queen or insecure, whatever it was, the, the, the story about the queen coming oh, back yeah. after being sent off and, and yeah. like, not going to happen again, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was intense. But like stories like that being so, uh, um, uh, so much of a, a comfort, I guess, in the midst of what is not a comforting time. Um, and that was, I mean, that's one of, but uh, it's also hard to look at all these and make sense of them because if you haven't noticed, everybody's called by the same name. <laughs> and I'm not talking about King of the North and King of the South. <coughs> you want to talk Darn. about the Ptolemies? Yeah, so I had one of those fun moments today, and I knew this about the Ptolemies and the Seleucid slash Antiochs, Antiochuses. The, um, I knew there were... A number of different ones of them, and it that's it's it's simplified. I'm gonna talk about this Sunday. The, in order to understand the Daniel passage, you need to understand the concept of the King of the North and the King of the South. Paul, you had pulled up a mm-hmm. uh, how how many different people at least. By the way, this is at least are represented by the phrase King of the North and King of the South. Yeah, so you have the King of the North, the Seleucids, and in Daniel eleven five through eleven twenty one. So just the, the difference of those verses alone, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different kings represented with variations of three different names. There you go. And then in the south, very similarly from 11.5 to 11.24, we run across one, two, three, four, five, at least six Ptolemies. Yeah. And, and it makes research difficult for someone who is not better educated in the history of the Greek empire than I am. Yeah. And it doesn't help that I use commentaries from people who are well-educated, either just because they were classically educated in the 1600s and 1700s and 1800s, or they're just better educated in this specific area than I am. And so having never taken a class, I don't know that I've ever done any outside reading until recently on the rise and fall of the Greek empire, it it makes it that much more difficult because the, the commentaries are even, they'll just... They'll just say a name and assume I know who they mean. Well, I ran into that big time this week with the name Cleopatra. 
Because we all know who Cleopatra is. Right, Liz Taylor. Yeah. Liz Taylor was Cleopatra. That was, although, I mean, I've never seen the movie of Liz Taylor because I don't, that's a little before my time. But we can all picture that. But them. I all, yeah, have a picture of it in my head. That's not. That's not the Cleopatra? That's not the Cleopatra here. What in do fact, you mean? <laughs> that was, there you go. That's what I ran into was one or two commentaries kind of vaguely referencing Cleopatra being here and others saying like it wasn't Cleopatra for why they were saying it wasn't. <clears throat> and so I had started to kind of go, the, the timetable is just all wrong. Cleopatra is around in the like 40 BC and yeah. we're, we're in 200 BC. That's just not, it doesn't make any sense for Daniel to jump over, you know, whatever. So I did a, just a little bit of research, got convinced, nope, not Cleopatra. Wrote a little paragraph explaining why I didn't think it was Cleopatra that I intended to use in the sermon and got down to my one of my favorite commentaries, a guy named, uh, guys, a commentary called Barnes Notes, and in it he begins, the, the exact phrase was, the reference here is undoubtedly his own daughter Cleopatra. Well, not great. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is verse 17. He shall set his face to come with the strength of his whole kingdom, and he shall bring terms of an agreement and perform them. He shall give him the daughter of women to destroy the kingdom, but it shall not stand or be to his advantage. And that one reference yeah. being Cleopatra. It, yeah. it just... Yeah, exactly. Un- undoubtedly, undoubtedly being clear. So I was like, great. Well, if Barnes Notes is saying it's undoubtedly, I better go back and, you know, check this again. Have a, have a better reason to yeah, say exactly. no. Exactly. I don't I don't like going against Barnes. Do they give like within the commentary, do they give much reasoning why or do they just kind of say, well, it's, no, it's undoubtedly yes, and then it moves yeah. <laughs> on Because I feel like that would be hard to because it's just such a quick thing. They yeah. do further explain it. Yeah. So it's further explained. And it's Antiochus the third who is under pressure from Rome, needing to initiate peace with Egypt, offers then his daughter, and this is who this okay. daughter is. This first, okay, that makes sense. Cleopatra, and the it's Cleopatra two, the first, the first, which to which Cleopatra Ptolemy the fifth to be Ptolemy the fifth. <laughs> um, which Cleopatra are are we usually thinking of in the, the in the seventh the seventh so Cleopatra? This, she is the the seventh and final Cleopatra is Liz Taylor. No. Coming coming from a guy named Junior, that's too many. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to make matters worse, especially in the Ptolemaic Empire, the Egyptian Empire at this time, which that's the same thing. The Southern Greek Empire is the Egyptian Empire, as if yes. there was... Okay, so yes. now, so he's Pharaoh Ptolemy. All of them are. There's 15 of them, and they're all named Ptolemy. some version of Ptolemy, and... They have children, and after the Cleopatra the first, their daughters are typically named Cleopatra, and their sons are named Ptolemy, at least their first. And, as if that wasn't confusing enough, they had the tradition of marrying their sisters. Yeah, that's gross, guys. And so it, it, it was a pattern of Ptolemy has a son named Ptolemy and a daughter named Cleopatra, and they get married, and they have a son named Ptolemy and a daughter named Cleopatra, and they get... and this. They all look the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't turn up my microphone. <laughs> At least you didn't hit the cricket noises. Again. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Which one is it again? I don't know. You said the purple one. Yeah, I think you said the purple one. Sorry about that, guys. No, that I can, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, <no>. So <laughs> that and that's it, where I got confused. And again, when we were talking even before we got started, you know, I knew on Sunday when you were just referencing. You know, kind of in generality, yeah, these names, and without going into specifics, even though, especially for the North, again, some of the names even 
shift some between yeah. some others, but it's like you, you couldn't do it in any other format that wouldn't even just be more confusing. Like yeah. this really is kind of that level that you have right. to maybe in a classroom setting with people who are super interested and who have a purpose to doing it. Yep. But as far as like bolstering, I think that the main message again, which I think you, you communicated really well, which is that for Daniel, this is forward for us. It is backwards. Right. And for Daniel, the shocking amount of detail that's played out and yep. the comfort that that probably is during the people who are walking through this, you know, I think that they, they would see this, they would see all these individual verses going through in the number of years, you know, cause it's years that they're filling this out. Yes. So they're getting to watch it a verse by every two or three years kind of thing happen. <laughs> and it could be really cool yeah. to be, to be in that perspective. But again, sure. from us looking back at this, you know, ancient history that is so muddied and muddled down again, it, it, I, it all fits. It is interesting, but I don't know if you could cover it on, I don't Just know a, how. A Sunday it would be really funny though if you know, in the midst of this somewhere, it's not recorded because you know the Bible doesn't tell us everything. But if in the midst, uh, Daniel's like, hold, "Hold on, Angel, can you give me names?" And he's like, "That's not going to help <laughs> yeah, you." Exactly. <laughs> Listen, no, no, <laughs> don't, don't. I could, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really not going to help. I, I can give you four <laughs> names. Yeah. They're just going to be a lot of a lot of those. Yeah. We're just going to stick with King of the North and yep. King of the South. So it is. It is fascinating, and it does take. I mean, the other thing is, for us as studying it now, it's a chapter, but it's several hundred years covered yeah. with these people. And it's it really is just a wild thing to look back and and engage with it. And <clears throat> it helps you understand why you can I can totally sympathize with why secular historians will not allow Daniel to have been written in the six hundreds. Because mm-hmm. it, it just it it either is miraculous the level of detail. Um, and the level of accuracy, or it was written after the events. And I, I'm still stuck with, and I know I'm a, I'm a psychologist, and so you know the study of people is more interesting to me in so many ways. And, and then, of course, as a theologian, as a Bible teacher, I trust Scripture to be what it says it is. But even as just a psychologist, I just can't wrap my brain around it and treating it as, right, of course, as treating this as so significant when they knew it wasn't. From the time of Daniel. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't right. make sense to me. So I, I still can't wrap my brain around that as a good argument. But but the only there really is only two. This passage does not allow for it it either is essentially, and I, I mean this word gently, fraudulent, or it is miraculous. Yeah. And Daniel doesn't leave much room for the middle ground. It either was written by somebody around the year one hundred and fifty AD. 450 years after it claims to have been written, which I don't, I know I'm a Westerner, but I don't know how you don't call that fraudulent because it's not, it's not like it's sort of hints at that it might have been by Daniel. I mean, it's, it is absolutely clearly intended to be written, understood mm-hmm. as written in the 600s by and, Daniel in, in the 500, yeah, 500, 600s. And it just, that just boggles the mind. So I will definitely reference in the sermon Sunday this quandary because one of the things for me that was so comforting for me as a Christian was the realization that we don't give up on stuff like that. We continue to study it and dive into it when as in the same way that when history and scripture seem to not match up, what the evidence is that that we're misunderstanding at least one of them. Either we don't understand history or we don't know it or interpreting it wrong, or we don't understand the Bible and we don't know it and we're interpreting it wrong. 
This is a great example of I was misunderstanding the relationship between the Bible and history. Neither of them were wrong. My understanding of both of them was. And by continuing to dig, oh, you know what the pieces do fall into place. I'm going to have to go with, I don't know if I'd use the word undoubtedly, <laughs> but <laughs> with confidence, I think this is probably reference to Cleopatra the first. It fits exactly in the timeline. And I'm works. undoubtedly convinced that Barnes is convinced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me um, tell you who would say undoubtedly. Yeah, exactly. That's, the guy who said undoubtedly. That's right. So I, I agree. I think the same thing of science. When science and scripture don't seem to match, it just means our understanding of at least one of them is wrong. It's not that scientific concepts are wrong or that the Bible is wrong. It's that we can misunderstand them. Man, I give my wife such a hard time about that. Because my wife is a scientist. <clears throat> you know, she, she studied science. She uh, thinks scientifically about things she loves um a lot of the sciences she doesn't really care much for chemistry <laughs> I thought you're gonna say the bible <laughs> <laughs> no but i tell her that she doesn't care much yeah. for the bible because she's a scientist all the time i'm like you can't be both yes, my kids will say mommy believes in science i was like yeah and daddy believes the bible <laughs> so yeah i mean not to drop names or anything but jesus <laughs> but hello <laughs> Anyway, it's pretty funny, and it's supposed to be funny, but yeah. It is it is one of the things that, sadly, I do think makes uh, our, our the experience of our church a little different than, than some churches traditionally. Mm-hmm. The church it certainly is, I guess I'll say it this way, the one I grew up in, even though the head pastor himself was really solid in a lot of these things, that was, um, there were plenty of people, Sunday school teachers and others in the church, who taught that science and faith were opposed to opposed each other. concepts they were magnets of oil and water they don't mix they you know whatever and um i just think that's a sad mistake yeah um i don't think i've i haven't shared this story with you even but i invited a, a neighbor to come uh and they whatever sunday that they chose to come here um they chose not to come back uh and specifically it was because you had referenced and I, and I don't remember in accuracy which one it is, but either Confucianism or Buddhism or one of mm. those things. And, and when you had referenced, and you referenced this notion of, and they could be somewhat keen on the truth of this, right, the truth right. of the matter. Yeah. And again, and because all truth is God's truth. For him, yeah. and that was, the, that was the struggles for him. He's like, how on earth could you even give truth to this, you know, claim mm. over here? And, and, and again, it, it's fine. There's, yeah a bunch of other really good churches. And Absolutely. He's at another really good church and it's going to be fine for them and their family um, that he didn't choose here. But that same concept, because you, you know, you make clear and have said plenty of times before that there's, there is one truth and it is God's truth. And That's so right. even, even when the wisdom of man presents this as their own claim to truth, yep. it could be, you know, buttressed or supported by God's truth. It's just not, man's revelation of it right yeah. it's not his invention of it no it's just pointing to and maybe even misaligning the, an ultimate truth which is god's truth yeah right. there is no truth that is not god's right there's no other source for there's it. no other source for truth and so, so if someone accurately if if the blind squirrel finds a nut it's still a it, nut. it, it didn't come from another tree <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that's a i actually had to wrestle with that you can imagine in the psychological world a lot I bet. Because the founders of psychology, William James and Sigmund Freud and others. Not really Christ followers, those guys. Not at all. And so 
I had to come to the understanding that if something is true, it doesn't matter even if a multi-level addicted, terrible scientist, what I could go on, like Freud, if he uncovers something that's true, it's still true even though Freud is the one who uncovered it. As yeah. unlikely a source for uncovering truth as Freud would be, if he got it right, it's still right. Yeah, I mean, we um, deal with this in worship all the time as well um, because fallen people write the songs that we sing. That's a good point. That's and right. everybody's always like, how can you sing that song? It was written by this person. I'm like, the song's about Jesus. Right. And it doesn't say anything wrong. And just because that person fell And later some of the something. psalms that you are in love with and put on your coffee mugs were written by David. <laughs> and if we're going to talk about somebody falling, yeah, let's talk about David. One. That's right. A couple of them. It's, it is a... C.S. Lewis talks about it mere Christianity when he mentions how oh, yeah. how the the Hindu is nearer to the truth than the atheist, yeah. the Muslim is nearer to the truth than the Hindu, and different versions of Christianity are nearer to the truth than each other. But like it doesn't it doesn't mean that just because so if a Muslim says there is only one God, well that's now not that's not now false because a Muslim said it. There yeah. is one God. That there is, is one God. And the Muslim would say that that one God is the uh, God of Abraham. Of Abraham, that's right. Oh, yeah. So, he definitely is. Good, good. We're on the same. Tr- Nailed it. Truth is, you know, if an atheist said this four plus four is eight, it's still eight, even though it's an eight. It, it's, I've never, I've always struggled with that. I don't get mm-hmm. that. I don't get the, anyway. Well, we want to make, if, if someone is right, they're all right. And if someone is wrong, then they're all wrong. And that's just not the human condition. Yeah. Maybe it's easier that way. I mean, but I'm not. I didn't have. I didn't, I feel like I never had the luxury of that. I, Maybe being raised by scientists or going into psychology, I just never feel like I was able to go. Well, I can ignore everything this guy said because, you know, he's a he's a moron generally. Yeah. So everything he said must also be moronic. That's not true. We had very different like. Maybe Ra- it's because I know me too well. Raisins, Maybe that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> that was the, I, I would say like, just because yeah. someone's a moron, you're going to toss it out. Like well, I'm I a just, moron. I better shut my mouth. <laughs> well, we even had that conversation previously. You were talking about Erwin McManus. Mm-hmm. Were we talking about that? How yeah. it's like what he had said was like, whoa, that was super impactful. And then it's like we are learning more about what he kind of projects and believes about LGBT and all that stuff. Right. And it's like, oh. It, that doesn't negate the fact that what he said was impactful or right. truthful or something like that. So it just continually coming up, coming up. Yeah, you think about the biblical who who like let's if we were to list who are the people and things that God speaks through in the Bible, and that list is not made up of donkey. Only, yeah, exactly. That list is not only made up of obvious choices. Um, and in fact, there's very few. We're studying one right now with Daniel, but there's not many others who you go, yeah. That was that's that person clearly has. You know, it's it. funny to think about. Like <clears throat> you think about how in awe of Daniel's life we are. Like that, you know, one one man got uh, got to see um, God working through that huge amount of his life and so impactful and so faithfully in in the midst of it and. You ever think about the fact that if we met Daniel and we were like, I don't really like Daniel. Hmm. Like if if you like I I think about that all the time, not Daniel, but like CS Lewis. Yeah. You don't want to meet your heroes. Oh, yeah, cuz they'll end up cuz like they they end up being people and there's like <laughs> sometimes like what if CS Lewis hated my guts? 
I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah, I got to. Um, he thought I was super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just. That's because I kept saying, say that, say the Narnia thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He kept looking down at his phone. No, say it in your voice. Say it in your voice. Yeah, what if his voice. It's like if yeah. you hear you love Winston Churchill, and then you hear him speak. Like, oh, and you're like, oh no, stop talking. Let me read your books again. And James Earl Jones's voice. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, not to. I mean, I I hope everyone who listens to this, who goes to our church, who knows, like all of us are going to disappoint you. Like we talk about that all yeah. the time. That's a that is a thing that is there, and and actually, and of course, we're going to be disappointed with God. It's not that He disappoints. We will be disappointed. He won't fail. We'll just be disappointed. But we will fail. Mm-hmm. I was I was so, I mean, one of my heroes as a kid was James Dobson. He listened to his radio talk all the time. I loved his, and I read his biography or maybe his autobiography, his autobiography, and he talked about being a micromanager and really embraced it. Like, no, no, I had to read every email that came out of Focus on the Family just to make sure that it wasn't. And I was like, oh, gross. Like, I hate that. Like, I Oh, I don't want to know that about him. I don't want to know that he wasn't no perfect. Like, I, of I was, course he wasn't. I mean, of course not. But I was injured when I found out that Rich Mullins was an alcoholic. There you go. I'm like, why? <laughs> right. Why does that hurt? Okay. Because yep. apparently mean, I had we'd applied something to him that was not true at all. Wasn't wearing his seatbelt. Yeah, that made me mad. Well, come on, man. I can your I can be mad at him for that. Like, you're a gift. Stop acting like you're not a gift. Yep. Anyway. That's good. But even bringing it back, like, we've been reading through that kit, the Promises of the Bible uh, book that I think we got from uh, from the church just f- for kids reading through biblical truth. Oh. And we've been reading through Moses. And I'm like, man, I, I know th- this is common knowledge, but it's like, and Moses, you were you were screwed up, man. You made you made some bad decisions, and God still chose. It was like God, in spite of who you are, I'm still going to choose you and use you through that. And so I was like, man, mm. okay, that's that's great. Even if if that's what He can do through Moses and through Daniel and through whatever, it's like I'm, I'm great grateful that He still is willing to use even broken people like me. That's mm. right. Yeah. That's good. And Jacob and Joshua and all these guys, right, right, every right, one of right. them. We can keep going. So be in, be encouraged. Um, uh, know that um, the the God that we serve is still in control. Good. Um, and he he can he can use us, and he has blessings. <laughs> <laughs>